Welcome, book nerds, to the Marriage Stories Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Becca. And if you're here looking for marriage advice... All we got is couples that read together, breed together. Welcome back to the Marriage Stories Podcast. Man tried to shut us down, but we aren't stopping. We've just had a lot going on. We've been moving and vacationing. Yeah, it's been quite the past month. So, sorry for our fan who has been missing our uh, (laughs) weekly uploads, but... Uh, Well, you know, I feel like just moving our books alone has taken a majority of our time. Oh my word, it's been ridiculous. <laughs> and we thought we got rid of so many. We did. We got rid of so many books. And our shelves are still overflowing. And... But, you know, it's a good problem to have. I suppose. It means It's that... not drugs. Yeah, it could be drugs. Could be drugs. <laughs> Just keep telling ourselves that. It, it helps us get through the day. So, welcome to our inaugural episode of the Comic Book Club. Woo! Now, this is May's pick because we're so far behind, but our pick was Frank Miller's Batman The Dark Knight Returns. So, I've read it before. Becca has never read it. Now, I know some people are saying that this comic book club is just a way for me to get my wife to read more graphic novels. And by some people, you mean me. Yes. That is exactly what I mean. Anyway, what did you think of this book? So, in general, I think I ended up giving it three out of five stars, which you're shaking your head out. I am. Um, honestly, I was mostly overwhelmed. The re- like, the storyline was good. The storyline alone would have gotten more than three stars. Probably like 4.5. Okay. But. Out of five. Out of five. Okay. Yeah. The artwork was not good. <laughs> and the fact that there were a lot of pages with 16 panels of art and text just really overwhelmed me visually. So it made it difficult to concentrate for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I honestly kind of wish I would have read it digitally where it only gives you one panel at a time. Um, Because it was difficult not to just look at all the tiny text bubbles. Plus, this was before I got my new prescription um, (laughs) of glasses. But uh, it was very overstimulating to see terrible art in 16 panels. No, I'm not even kidding. Like, the artwork was weird. Frank Miller's artwork is a very acquired taste. Yeah, come and hate me if you want, because I I don't feel like I have the authority to judge his art. So, I I take it back. It's not terrible art. It's just... Not my favorite. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Miller's art either. I I mean, to me it seems a little off, but it does have a whole aesthetic. Like one of our uh, buddy readers on Instagram. Jelly Sandals. Jelly Sandals uh, mentioned. Frank Miller has 
the visuals down pat. Like, he has some iconic scenes, iconic drawings. They're just not executed to the level or the the style I've For enjoyed. For me, I found the artwork inconsistent, and that was one of my main, like, qualms. Although, again, like I was saying, this is a, I'm also reading... Wonder Woman uh, graphic novel right now and By Brian we were talking about how the like how difficult it would be to draw these same things so many times and have it be right like different pictures be right next to each other and then be consistent um, across the board when you're drawing them at different times like I am not an artist so I feel like I don't really have room to judge however it is distracting to me when the same character is drawn and they look completely different from one panel to the next. And I feel like Frank Miller kind of had a lot of that. Sure, that's a valid criticism, I think. Before we really dive in on the critique, which we've already been doing, but oh well, let's talk about what is this book about. So why don't you, this is your first time reading it, why don't you give us the what is it about? Well, one, it's been a little while, but... Um, right, we're recording this toward the end of June. <laughs> we read it in May. For fans of Batman, I feel like this is... Uh, for fans of the Batman movies, so I will preface it as that, because I am a fan of the Batman movies, all of them, any, all of them. Um, but That she's seen. I haven't shown her Forever or Batman and Robin yet. Okay, and I am mostly talking about the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, those ones. The Nolan ones. Yeah, and, Christopher Nolan, yeah. And the new Matt Reeves one, too, correct? Yeah, the one with Twilight guy. Battinson. Yeah, he did really good. Anyways, so the most recent Batman films. This book has a lot of scenes I feel like they drew inspiration from, uh... For those in there. Um, So like every Batman book, you get kind of the retelling of his childhood trauma in bits. But unlike other Batman graphic novels that I've read, it does not spin forever on it. Yeah, it doesn't punch you in the face with it like it seems most do. Yes. And then um, it is focusing around an election in um, Gotham. And you're following that, you're following multiple villains. So that is something I do like about graphic novels versus movies, is they can really include a lot more villains in the issues than movies typically tend to do. Right, where this is uh, broken up into four distinct issues, it it takes time to centralize each issue has a villain Mm -hmm. to the issue. It goes from Two-Face in the first one, to the Mutants in the second, to Joker, and then to Superman in the fourth. Yeah, so anyways, it would be difficult to summarize the full um, novel, or graphic novel, don't you think? Like, Mm. eh, base, what? Not really. Okay, well, then you summarize, but my summary would basically be, it is Batman... As an old man, um, kind of, he's trying to retire, but he, all these things keep happening within Gotham in this new election and these new 
corrupt politicians and villains coming out and um, the city just falling to pieces and so he comes out of retirement as an old dude um, to fight crime again. The city basically is like, we need you again. Um, and he is facing those struggles with various villains and Superman who's like throwing shade at him at the end. Um, that's basically I mean, that's, the gist. That's pretty good. Yeah, this is the choice to set this in the future mm-hmm. um, is really distinct. So this allowed Miller to create more of a grizzled Batman. Yeah, it's like Old Man Logan, but Batman. Yes, yes. Um, and it, I think it's executed really well in that department. It mm-hmm. is superheroes have... It's like The Incredibles. You either have to work for the government or or Watchmen even, or you're done. Right. And they will hunt you down, so you have to retire. Right. So, I mean, Wonder Woman's gone back to Themyscira, Superman's become a government uh, stooge, and Batman's just retired because... Well, he's... because Batman in his essence was, like, vigilante. Right. So, um... Bat- I think there's a line in there, something along those. Batman's dangerous. His, the idea of Batman is dangerous, where Superman is the one to look toward. Even though, you know, Superman destroys entire towns in the act of saving them. We don't no. <laughs> talk about Man of Steel. Ugh, I hated that movie. <laughs> um, anyways, I like Batman. And I liked his portrayal as an old man. Mm-hmm. I like Zaddy Bruce Wayne. That's what I said. I think it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I said. And then, so the 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 villainization of Superman in the end is Superman's bought into um, working for this newly elected government. I mean, whatever. it's it's Reagan. Yeah, that's basically what mm-hmm. it is. And Batman is like. No, that's not why I do this. There's no, you know, I I do this on my own accord. I don't do this for anybody, like, telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. And Superman is basically saying, well, then you're not a superhero. Like, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. You are the villain. But mm-hmm. Superman is really the villain in that instance. Yeah. At least from the point of view. Yeah. Yeah, and this puts you in the frame of, you're looking at Batman through this. You're with Batman throughout the book. So you th- see things from his point of view. I, I'm sh- I'd i be interested to see it written from Superman's. Just to kind of, it wouldn't put Bruce in as good of a light as, I mean, this doesn't put him in a great light. No. But would put him in a worse light than I otherwise. Think so... Honestly, I mean, it's back to the Iron Man, Captain America, like, fight in Civil War. It's the same kind of thing, almost. You know, do we do we censor ourselves or not? Um, do we subscribe to conformity or not? The mutant thing was kind of random. Uh, look, yeah. <laughs> Looking at it from an outside lens, it kind of is. Uh, 
I mean... I was the, confused. I was like, wait a second, this seems like X-Men, but this is DC, <laughs> and I'm confused. I think the intent is, is Miller wanted a gang situation in Gotham, which is a mm -hmm. common thing in Gotham throughout the comics. But by making it the mutants, it's its own new thing. I don't think they've been used anywhere else other than uh, Miller's work, and I don't find that surprising. <laughs> they are a bit odd. Um, they, I mean, it works for the story, but it is an odd choice. Yeah. So why is this considered, like, a pillar of Batman graphic novels? Yeah, so The Dark Knight Returns is considered like the holy grail of batman books one of is the it? few because i thought that what i'm sorry i can't think of the name anymore but you've had me read it before was like the quintessential batman oh the long halloween yes uh i mean yeah that's one of them too i They're... loved the long halloween long halloween's great but this one so the dark knight returns came before and it because it came before the long halloween could follow this is kind of how it works. Before The Dark Knight Returns, before 86, Batman was more of a campy superhero. Think the Adam West version. Um, that's That was the popular image of Batman. And so that's what he was. This flipped that on its head. So Batman immediately becomes a darker character, a more serious vigilante type character it's it completely redid the of who batman is and that's kind of why it's so important it changed the entire trajectory of that character to make him what he is today so i mean without this book you don't get the tim burton batman movie thus cemented that view of batman in popular culture outside of comics and Something interesting that Miller does throughout this book, too, is he takes those core tenets of Bruce Wayne, Batman, and kind of flips them on her head. So, uh, the biggest one is his no-kill rule. Mm-hmm. And by his drag-down fight with the Joker in issue three, the Joker kills himself to frame Batman. Yeah. And thus changing his... I mean, he's already not liked because <laughs> he'll fight the police department and he's interfering where he sh where he's not believed to, that he should be, but he, he just killed someone by everybody's belief. Right. And so that just changes how the public perceives him in general. And that's why Superman's called in and all that. It's, it's very interesting choices were made throughout this to just really examine Batman through a different lens. Yeah, examine just the vigilante model of superhero um, in general. Yeah. And I think that another thing that this book did well was, even though you said it, it, it casts them in a, a good light, but I don't think it does. I think, I think it is pretty objective. Yeah. As opposed to subjective. Like, it's... Obviously, you're a Batman fan if you're reading it, but it's not like saying he's all in the right either. Um, sure. It's like his personal struggles. 
Sure, yeah. Um, like when Carrie Kelly's introduced um, as the new Robin, there's mm-hmm. a lot to Oh, yeah, discussion. that was weird. I, I didn't like his artwork. Oh, uh, there's a lot of discussion in there of how he's recruiting child soldiers mm. to fight. And, I mean, he continues to do that through the mutants as well, and that criticism is valid. Now, so, I do have a question for you. What are your thoughts on Carrie Kelly as a character? Annoying. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Why? Carrie Kelly is, like, the one of the fan-favorite Robins. Really? Yes. She's alternate universe, so it doesn't always count, and you won't normally see her unless the favorite Robins, but, like, if you're going deep cuts... Carrie Kelly is one of the favorites across the fandom. I thought, well, maybe it's just the artwork that made it biased for me because I thought, I just thought it was off-putting. Okay. Um, and I thought she was kind of annoying. Well. But Robin is kind of meant to be, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I not can see that. Not annoying, but annoying not the right word, but do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, it, it reeks of a... 40-year-old man writing a teenage girl. Correct. Correct. As a character... <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen King does it better than that, I'd say. Yes, I'm just I'm just laughing because that's I, it always irritates me when I read middle-aged men writing teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, all in all, I'm glad I read this. I like Long Halloween way better. I would recommend Long Halloween to somebody who hasn't read Batman more than this. Yeah, I'd say that Long Halloween is a better introduction into the character. Especially now that the newest movie is also kind of very largely based on Long Halloween. Yeah, there are a lot of parallels. I also really just liked the more cohesive story of Long Halloween. And the artwork. And the artwork. But I mean, like, the Long Halloween, though it's different volumes, all very clearly follows the same, like, mystery. Mm-hmm. And this one felt like four separate issues, right? Okay. Which it is, but... I mean, it I is, mean, but... And they make one cohesive and story. Like the there are, like, time jumps like, between each. I mean, they're, they're maybe a week or a couple days, but... There are still time jumps throughout, and that can divide it up a Which bit. Which is fine. I just, I just felt like it was not one big cohesive story as much okay. which is fine it doesn't have to be it just sure. i prefer it to be okay so yeah uh if you have read this book or want to read this book um let us know why and what your thoughts were um you can contact us at marriage stories pod at gmail.com the yeah. marriage stories pod no it's just marriage oh my word we're going to edit this out. It's just Marriage Stories Pod. Are you sure? Yeah. It's the Marriage um, Stories Pod at gmail.com. Proof I'm right. This is the only time. <laughs> uh, now for June's pick, which we have already started, but if you're listening to this later and want to kind of read along, um, our pick is Jason Aaron's Thor, his first two volumes, it makes one cohesive story, issues 1 through 11, uh, The God Butcher and God Bomb. Again, an old version of a superhero that's like... I need to pick different books. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Zaddy Thor, everybody. Oh my word. You did not need that in your life. Yes, I did. And you do too, so join Comic Book Club. Alright, we'll be back with the Comic Book Club toward the end of this month. and Like next week. Yeah, probably next week. Uh, and we'll be releasing our July pick. Woo. So look forward to that. And follow us on Instagram at the Marriage Stories Pod, at the Book Analyt, and at Board... Books, Boards, and Brews for uh, further updates. Happy reading. Happy reading.